sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Right here on to the early line on a football Friday. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh trying to put the fun and functional sports content. We're going through all the games and talked about the reasons why the Steelers and the Titans will not be playing in week four. If you didn't join us and you're only looking at us now in hour number two, the Titans and Steelers have been moved. It will not be a part of week four. They're still trying to figure it out, whether it's moving around buys or figure out a week 18 at, you know, in January sometime. But um, Titans... Steelers will not take place as part of week four. And, Kev, we think that's the prudent decision, right? Absolutely. Um, again, the, the big thing now is can they get to week five uh, and yeah. be available to play? And I would still say we expect it. Everything's been negative, but fingers crossed we don't get anything Sunday morning on the Minnesota Vikings because that right. would then feel – um, disastrous might be strong, but that would be very, very unfortunate. It would be. And, you know, look, we saw this with the Marlins. We saw this with, you know, the, the Cardinals. We've seen this now this week with the Texans. You know, to think that it won't grow is crazy, right? Like one becomes four, becomes 10. So we'll see. So far, we are clear. We don't know if there's any more on Tennessee. We think that Minnesota kind of avoided this bullet. So we'll find out. But two teams that are playing on Sunday, Kev, are the Arizona Cardinals going to Carolina. Okay, now the Carolina Panthers have been home dogs multiple times this season in week one against the Raiders. And here as well, Kev, which is the real Kyla Murray, right? Everyone was all about giving Kyla Murray Offensive Player of the Year. He was a revelation. I was on his prop bets. Well, then he threw three interceptions last week at home against Detroit. Now they go on the road. And, uh, you know, are, are the Cardinals offense just going to once again look dynamic against this Panthers defense that is nothing to write home about? So the biggest, biggest thing coming into this game is the fact that Hopkins didn't practice yesterday. Yes. And if he's out, then that does seemingly change the dynamic. But, and I know it's sometimes unfair to do this because we get new information, but I think it actually applies. Dane, the yes. Arizona Cardinals or the Vegas Raiders, right now, if you had to power rate them, is there a gap? And if yes, it doesn't have to be a monster one, but which one would go above the other? I would have the Arizona Cardinals rated higher. I would as well, and I think most would. But when the Raiders came to Carolina, they're like, what, the same number? Maybe a hook less? I think this is a spot. See, and this, if you're fortunate enough to avoid a trap, right, then you have the ability to come back around. And this is a spot where people probably got burned by both of these teams last week. Carolina's terrible. They can't That's stop fair. anyone. Chargers hung around with the Chiefs. Oh, man, they just lost outright. I don't, yep. Right. Burned by the Panthers. The Cardinals, they're rolling. They're not going to lose all year. This team's going to be the NFC West champ. The Lions, they're terrible. Patricia's. Oh, man, they just lost again. And what happens for us? If we can, you know, hopefully maybe see the spot coming, or even if you don't see it coming, just 
you know, kind of move past it. The Cardinals laying three, as long as Hopkins is available, that's the value. This Panthers defense still stinks. Tyler should have a monster day. Fair enough. I do want to make a point, though, about this Carolina offense as well. Quietly, Teddy Bridgewater is actually playing some decent football, and I believe he will be a volume-based play. Guys, I've said it. I said it in waiver wire um, videos before, Kev, and I think you agree. This young Carolina Panthers defense will get scored upon, and then now, especially with no Christian McCaffrey, Carolina under you know Joe Brady and Matt Rule, I think he's going to be a volume thrower coming back the other way way so i'm all about checking out the teddy bridgewater completions attempts props and kev let me ask you also as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country here again especially the mightier 1090 dane and kevin um it looks like robbie anderson has become kind of the apple of Teddy's eye as opposed to DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. And remember, he's a new quarterback there. So the existing wide receivers didn't matter. Maybe he just has mm-hmm. chemistry with Robbie. Yeah, look, Robbie, you know, the, the deep ball threat, he, he's fitting in nicely. Mike Davis had a nice week last week for those that trusted him to fill into the C-Mac role. So right. I don't say that I like the Cardinals laying three as a – like, the way I feel about the Giants, right? And I'm like, yeah, whatever, 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, whatever, right? The Panthers are a competent football team, right? Like, week one, they were in that game the entire time. They got front door covered by the Bucks, and then they just won outright against the Panthers. So, th- this is a team that, you know, probably perfect for you if you're playing teasers, right, to the right number, to where... I think this is not a Panthers team that I'm necessarily looking past. I just think that this Arizona offense, if they have DeAndre Hopkins, is going to be able to just put up too many points for the Panthers to keep up. Think you're muted, my brother. Yeah, there you go. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a huge piece of this offense. And then also Christian Kirk banged up a little bit. So if there's no Hopkins, Kirk will be pressed into maybe a bigger target share. You know, there's also this West Coast to East Coast. And listen, honestly, when the prop bets come out, pay attention to Teddy Bridgewater, okay? I've seen his attempts Mm -hmm. numbers in the mid to high 30s, and if this game, you know, the total in this game is high, another one in the 50s. I think, listen, volume, Teddy Bridgewater, we're going to see these wide receivers all over the place. I think the butler, Teddy Bridgewater, is still viable in props and in fantasy, although I think you're right. Kyla Murray, they can't sleepwalk through another thing game. I think this offense against this Panthers defense will show up and show out. We got more games to discuss heading into week four. We'll do that when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, you know all too well that two teams play to a tie. 
last week, right? And they're kind of getting, not, I want to say bounce back, but it's not a bounce back. Maybe the only thing you have to bounce back is like trying to win a game because it didn't look like either the Cincinnati Bengals or the Philadelphia Eagles were actually trying to win in the last five minutes of overtime last week. And now the Philadelphia Eagles will have a tough spot. Kev, we talk about going west to east for the one o'clock start all the time. The Eagles have to go east to west for a primetime game. Their body clock thinks it kicks off at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that's where we go. The uh, 49ers are home. It's uh, seven points. Is this somewhere where the hook matters for you? Um, The other thing is like both of these teams have some returning players, I believe, whose Mm. returning players matters more because I think it's San Francisco. Uh, do the Eagles have returning players? I can't believe that that's it's, the case. It may be. I, I, I mean, it's not Goddard. Maybe just on Jackson yeah. on the way back? Yeah, maybe. And for how or many Will they still be going with Greg Ward as wide out one? Yeah, they are going with Greg Ward as wide out what I mean. Here's my thing, okay? It's yeah. not even the Philly side of this. Nick Mullins is okay. still probably the quarterback this week. What are we supposed to make of the Niners? Because I admit it, last week, I thought they might get beaten that game. And... Right. They handled the Giants comfortably. So they've now, with their three games, lost at home with a decent lead to Arizona, and they beat the Jets and the Giants. I don't know what I'm supposed to think of you. So now you lay seven with a backup quarterback against a team that was supposed to be competitive. It feels like too many points, but the Eagles are a disaster right now, man. I mean, they're so injured. It is not even funny. Like, it's a Sunday night game. Check the injury report. Check the actives. Right. Check the inactive. My initial lean on this is that the seven points is too many, but this is far from a spot where I will bang the table and tell you that the Eagles, Eagles, Eagles are the side because on the other side of the football is a banged-up team that's kind of getting healthy that I don't know what to make of their first three weeks. I hear you. One thing that'll definitely make the outlook brighter for San Francisco is that they expect all pro tight end George Kittle to be among the guys who return. And that is a huge difference for me and Nick Mullins, right? As he kind of gets his feet wet and he's had experience with this Niners offense with George Kittle and has looked good. You know, my take on this one, Kev? I'm worried about Philly. I'm worried about Philly on a number of levels. I'm worried about Philly kind of pissing this all away and going to 0-3-1. I had them as a playoff team. I'm also worried, Kev, about the narrative on Carson Wentz. Um, I told you going into last week on Cincinnati, I said, if Carson Wentz can take out care of the ball, they'll win. He threw two picks in a game that wound up being a tie. I look at the turnover margin. I told you about this in another game. Kev, after three games, these two teams have a difference of 10 in their turnover margin. San Francisco is plus three after three games. The Eagles are minus seven. After three games, and in a game that's seven points that you think may be too many, that's the kind of thing that can turn something from a six-point game to a two-score game very, very quickly. I think they need to protect Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz needs to take care of the ball. I'm hearing ridiculous buzz about Jalen Hurts. I think that's crazy, but Carson Wentz needs to take care of the ball, and they need to protect him, or else down the road, it may not sound as crazy. 
I might not be able to give you a strong conviction as to what to do with this game. But I will make this very clear as I've gotten texts throughout the week. Oh, is it Jalen Hurts time? Is it Jalen Hurts time? I'm no. not saying that. And you, and, no, you're not. You're not. I know. You're not. I know. But those, there are plenty that are. That's it's right. ridiculous. It's ridiculous for two reasons. First of all, if a quarterback is missing five of their top six pass catchers and three of their five starting offensive linemen. Wait, then why is that not the same happen. for Sam Donald? What about it Sam Donald? Is. He's in the same boat. Oh, okay, it, it is. is. Okay, okay. okay like, but that's the thing. Right. Like, everybody just feels awful for Sam. I know a lot of people rip him, but, like, come on. Like, it's tough, man. And this is the thing. People are like, oh, it's always excuses. Oh, I, I'm – why? What do you mean it's an excuse? Like, it's the reality. We move teams lower in power ratings when there are monstrous absences, and that's right. the case for Philly. Secondly, and more importantly – you think Jalen Hurts is going to come in with all no. of this depleted weaponry Drawing and things Greg are going to be good? Why the <laughs> hell would you ruin Jalen Hurts by making him go out there and and be thrown to the yeah. wolves while shattering Wentz's position within this organization? I mean, it's an insane no, thing to you. suggest. They can lose this game by 40 points and Wentz should start week five and week no, six listen. and week seven and the whole year. I agree with you. I agree with you. But this is a tall task against the San Francisco team going back home after their two trips to the MetLife turf, right? Being a little bit more comfortable back at home, healing up. Uh, Watch this. If it gets under seven, Kev, I might take San Francisco if it gets the six and a half. The other team that had a tie last week, Cincinnati, they also go back home and the Jacksonville Jaguars come in off a mini buy, you know, these are two, in my opinion, bad teams, Kev. These are two teams that I think will not win more than, like, you know, four or five games all year. How do you, like, what do you hang your hat on on this one? People thought Gardner Minshew was a revelation. He came back down to earth in that Thursday night game. And Joe Burrow, while he's slinging it, has been making some plays. I don't know that I trust him either. What do you trust most in this game? Could it be the breakout running back in Jacksonville? Yeah, he's looked good. I think DJ Shark returning is important. Okay. He's still the best weapon for Gardner Minshew. A little bit of a mini buy here for this team to try to, you know, digest the week that was and, and get back right. The Bengals, you know, it's kind of a now or never type of thing, right, Dane? You know, this team we don't think is going to go 0-16. They've now been tight in all of their games, right? Yeah. Like, depending when you got spreads, they're either – Two and one to the spread or two oh and one to the spread. Like they've been good. They've been competitive in all of their games. And it's a spot I, I struggle here. I think a lot of people are gonna want to take points, mini buy with the Jags. I can't really argue against that. The total of 49 and a half has my attention as well. Okay. The Jags, I think, will look a lot crisper on the offensive side of the ball. I still don't think their defense is great. I think the Bengals empty the tank here a little bit with Burrow to try and get their first victory. So I don't think I want to lay three with him, but I don't know if I really want to grab the three. I might just play this over 49 and a half. And by the way, it's a ton of points. Like you need 50 points to win a bet between what are still two bad teams. But if we learned anything from Jets Broncos this week, two bad defenses seemingly more. 
No, absolutely. I think I'll take the points in this one, Kev. All right. I think I will with two teams. I could see this being a, a kind of sloppy, close game where either Joe Burrow or Gardner Minshew will have the ball in their hands with about two minutes left to go and a score could win this game. I do want to also talk. Remember how I said Teddy Bridgewater? I'm going to be looking at his prop totals for completions, attempts. Joe Burrow fits the same category. Kev, Joe Burrow has thrown it 141 times in three games. That's like 45 a game. That's absolutely ridiculous. And by contrast, Joe Mixon has only run for like 55 a game, okay? So this is going to be a volume-throwing thing. On the other side, this Cincinnati Bengals run defense continues to get gashed, in my opinion. So now this kid, James Robinson, for maybe the fourth week in a row, I think he's going to be able to eat. He is a real thing. He's the reason the Jaguars moved Leonard Fournette. They thought they had something. Something in this undrafted free agent rookie and boy do they because he has gotten over 120 scrimmage yards in like all three games and he's aiming to do it again a great start for the rookie him and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor are all above 300 scrimmage yards in only three games when we come back though we've got more games to discuss it is a football Friday and we're going to figure out some other teams that uh, have questions at the quarterback position. Either they've made a change, they've talked about a change, or are they actually going to change back to the way they started? These are interesting quarterback situations. We'll talk about them all as we finish up a football Friday. We got NBA Finals game two. We got a rain delay and National League playoff games to discuss as well. A lot of action on a football Friday as we start the month of October. Kev, over the break, go get your pumpkin spice latte. Come back and let's talk about the rest of the football games here heading into week four. On the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you the edge. We welcome back our radio stations from around the country as well. Thanks for waking up early with us, including the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. Hey, Kev, um, on the West Coast, there's a team, the Los Angeles Chargers. They travel to Tampa, another one of the longest flights you could possibly have in the NFL, right, from L.A. to Tampa Bay. And what I want to ask you about this one is really this quarterback situation, right? I mean, Justin Herbert, listen, I mean, he's played well, hasn't won any of his games yet, but he looks like he belongs at least, right? What do you think, though, in this one? I've been impressed, Kev. You know, all the talk is Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, all that stuff. I've been impressed with Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay defense. What does the Tampa Bay defense do to try to contain Justin Herbert and this more aggressive version of the Chargers offense? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Dane. Like, this is a Bucks team that a lot of people abandoned ship after week one struggling in the Dome. And right. they've looked much better since. And especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's a real tall task here 
for Justin Herbert. You know, the vibe around the Chargers yep. for years has been they play up or down to their competition. So could they keep it within the seven? It's certainly plausible. They're banged up. Ingram, Harris, uh, they're sure. they're losing pieces left and right on the defensive side of the football. It's going to make this a tall task for them. Now, the Bucks are down a couple receiving options here, but Mike yeah. Evans still one of the best in the game. And as he gets healthier, you expect him to, you know. Chargers have a good secondary, uh, though. The Chargers secondary yeah, but is Harris strong. is banged up. Hey, listen, Casey Hayward's still there. Cupcake. Right. Sure, but Mike Evans is still a beast, right? And if Fair he's enough. the number one wide receiver, he's going to get a bunch of targets, and he's still got a good quarterback throwing him the football. So I think this is a spot where I lean Bucks. I think I'd rather lay the seven points. I get it; it might stay tight, but we had the Bucks front door cover a game, and we've also mentioned it. You know, most football Fridays, Dane, is you try and find teaser spots or, or mm. money line parlay spots here. The Bucks do feel like a team. It's only been, you know, two opportunities, but they feel like a team that's going to take care of business, meaning when they're supposed to win, they're going to win. I mean, for years, Dane, right? How hard was it to upset Brady in New England? Right, right, it right. It basically only happened in division because that's the nature of the NFL. In division, crazy things happen. That was pretty much the only time you would be like, I can't believe they lost to the Dolphins or the, you know, the Jets, whatever it might be. So I would also keep the Bucks in mind as people out there try and piece together any teasers or money line parlays. Fair enough. You mentioned uh, some of the walking wounded in the Tampa wide receiver room. Chris Godwin still trying to work his way back. And also Scotty Miller popped up on the injury report as well. So to your point, if they can't go, everything consolidated even more for Mike Evans in the passing game. This running game is intriguing to me as well, Kev. Right? Uh, people are expecting, I think, Fournette to kind of ascend and leapfrog over Ronald Jones. Last week, though, Fournette seven carries. Ronald Jones 13 so we'll see how that balance and allocation of touches goes. banged up as well so something to watch as well with this offense this is also a game kev watch for the hook either way it stands at seven right now i honestly believe seven or half or six and a half could be the difference in some people making a bet and getting to the window another team though with the quarterback up in the air well not up in the air they've decided in chicago right it's gonna be nick Foles. we're gonna ride that energy and just the energy alone makes my co-host the candle burner start to smile talk to me about this one kev you were on it early we talked about this with jay the sports keg ceo yesterday as well here's the big thing for me after this announcement, the line has not moved, Kev. It's still like two and a half, three, pretty much. The Bears are still home dogs with Phillip Rivers coming in. Sure, they look good against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets in week three, but we just saw Brett Rippon was able to do that. So this may be a different game in Chicago. Why has this line not moved with your boy Nick Foles under center? Well, I don't think, I think when the line opened, the expectation was Foles was going to be the quarterback. I don't think yeah. anybody in their right mind thought that Mitch Trubisky was going to start this game. But this so, isn't like oh, before week three when you have the look ahead lines before that even yeah. happened was at this level. No, it was three and it moved to two and a half, and that's a valuable move. And you know that. All and right, it's minus right, 115 then. to the two and a half. So there was a move on so the So you think that side. move is it? Okay. And for me, it's been the Bears all week. I will say I am surprised it hasn't moved more. And – 
The Colts laying this two and a half has made me question a lot about how much home field is valued these days in the NFL. Do they view the Bears team as a, oh, there's no way that team's 0-4? Is there a ton of stock in this Colts defense that now has two awesome performances under their belt? Are they going to be a monstrous home road splits type of team? I have a lot of questions about the Colts that they have the potential to answer this week. But if I'm betting this game, it's one-way traffic for me, and it's on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, listen, you and our friend Jay, the Sports Keg CEO, have sufficiently brainwashed me on this play. I'll go with Chicago as well. One note, though, in the fantasy world, if you need a tight end, like a guy like Dallas Goddard for you, maybe got banged out, or if you have, you know, Jonu Smith or something like that because of the buy related with Pittsburgh and Tennessee, Mo Ali Cox is someone to consider. He is going for his third in a row with over 50 yards receiving. And remember, Paris Campbell banged out for the Indianapolis Colts on the receiving game. Michael Pittman underwent calf surgery. We didn't talk about this much earlier in the week. He's going to be out for the next like four to six weeks as well. So without their second and third receiving options, we know about T.Y. Hilton. Mo Ali Cox is a name that is, you know, not on a lot of rosters in leagues and can be had. I think he's going to be a part of this past game. Kev, oh, you got something else? We got to be real quick. I, yeah, I actually got? just remember though, but a similar uh, spot, and I just I just wanted your legitimate advice on this. Thoughts on David Montgomery. Very cheap mm. for those that are going to be playing in DFS this week. Without Tariq Cohen there, you yeah. would think that gives him a level of workload that you don't maybe often feel is as guaranteed for him. Thoughts on Montgomery You know, for this week and moving forward? Yeah, um, so let me say this as a disclaimer. I have never been a fan of David Montgomery, Okay. I am down on David Montgomery, generally speaking. Okay, so take it with a grain of salt. Yes, the opportunity will grow. He needs some game script as well. My concern, though, and I said this in the waiver wire, diamonds, and this is going to sound silly, Kev. I think Corderell Patterson is going to get touches. I think Corderell Patterson is going to get some of that, like, Tariq Cohen role. I think Anthony Miller is going to do much more under Nick Foles. So, yes, while it is natural and I agree the opportunity will grow, I personally don't love the player, and I don't have him on any of my teams. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, he's someone that is very DFS cheap this value, week though. in DFS. Yeah, yeah he is. I can see that. Cheap this week in DFS. So I, I think he's I understand an that player moving forward. I understand that. I don't personally like the player. Uh, and, you know, Darius Leonard is still patrolling those sideline to sideline. Sure. So we shall see about that. I want to ask you one other thing. You know, when we did Rams Giants, you were like, I'm, I'm laying the points. I'm laying the points. We even talked on air about how many times there are double-digit spreads and do those teams actually cover the double-digit spread. It's something we're going to keep our eye on. Remember with Jets-Colts earlier in the year, it happened, right? And we have another situation of that here. The Baltimore Ravens not traveling far. This is the Battle of the Beltway, right? They go to Washington to take on the football team, and I'm seeing the biggest line on the board. At last check for me, it was 13. It has moved up to a full 14 points, the full Mm -hmm. two touchdowns. Remember, Dwayne Haskins is on the hot seat as well, right? Rivera said there's a line for him. The offense deserves better, and this is just such a 
a bad spot for the kid Haskins, right? With the pressure on, with the seat getting warm, now having to see this Ravens defense who going into last week was the number one defense in the NFL in terms of points against. They still only give up 18 points a game even after what Kansas City did to them. Tough spot, in my opinion, for Haskins and the football team. The question is, Kev, are you laying two full touchdowns? So this is the thing. This was 13 and a half, went down to 13, and then you Watch said, for the I even missed it. <laughs> like, it flew back up to 14. This is a spot where you need to be careful because the Ravens are a team that's been great on, against the spread on the road. John Harbaugh beats up on bad teams. Lamar beats up on bad like, – and I don't say that uh, disparagingly. I say that as a good thing. Like, they will right. go out there and win these games by five touchdowns. Like, they, they just will. But shorter week, the expectation for everybody is, oh, bounce back. They're going to murder Washington. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think you're going to really want to be betting this game from a side perspective here. 45.5 is your total. Not sure how much I want to get involved there. I will try and take a look maybe at these Lamar props, and I will make this point because I made this mistake so many times last year. So many times. Do not put this game in a teaser either no. direction. No. Do not. Because if they both raised them, they could win by 14 or 21. <laughs> right. Because this is this is the thing. Like You take the Ravens down to seven, you should not still be laying seven in a seven-point right. teaser. You should right. not be doing that. And you take them up to 21, you, you just said it. Not they guaranteed. This team by four touchdowns, by five touchdowns, no problem, right? Look to what they yeah. did to the Browns in week number one. So if we can tell you the spots where to go for teasers, this is one. Stay far away from in your teasers this weekend. I agree with you, Kevin. And remember, I've been bringing up the turnover margin because that to me is a huge stat that people don't look at at a regular basis. And we have another mismatch in this one. Remember, I told you with Philly and San Francisco, the difference after three games was already 10 turnovers. The difference between these two teams after only three games is seven. The the Washington football team is minus three in the turnover margin. The Ravens are plus four. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to bet the prop bet of Dwayne Haskins to throw another pick in this one when we come back i know it's a football friday but we've got playoffs to discuss game two of the nba finals and we didn't think we'd have any game twos in the national league <laughs> but we do we'll talk about that one weather just not the wind in wrigley this time around we're coming back SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here on to the early line where we give you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh and Kev. We looked at these football games, but there's no shortage of other, like, playoff action that we have to discuss. So we turn our attention quickly to Major League Baseball. We thought that anything that was happening today would be a game three in the National League, but we got a game two. 
to make up in the National League. You know, I talk about the weather at Wrigley, thinking mostly about the wind, but it was rain yesterday that delayed this one. Talk to me now. Sixto Sanchez and you, Darvish, have another day for them to ponder what might happen when they make their playoff start. Uh, edge anywhere to Chicago, to Miami, because of the delay. I know Miami had a ton of doubleheaders recently. Maybe a day off isn't the worst team for a team like the Marlins. So, Dane, we always try to find our value, right? The Cubs are minus 205. We don't have run line. We don't have totals yet. This is the nature. We've learned this now. Wrigley games, we have to wait till the middle of the day until they feel comfortable about the winning. But you know this. We, We talked about this pitching matchup yesterday. The Cubs were not laying $2. They were not. So that means that there's been a lot of movement here to the Cubs' side. But we go to series betting. No change in the Cubs to win this series at plus 164 as they're down 1-0. At a monstrous minus $2 favorite right now, I think the value that we said was there on, or I said was there on Minnesota, right? I don't (laughs) want to attach you to, you're all over Houston. And I still think you would agree there was value on the numbers regardless. There's undeniable value here on this Cubs team at plus 164 as a minus 205 favorite today. Right. Because if they get there tomorrow, again, you can buy off of the number. They'd be favored in game three. They'd be favored in the series. So if you want to back the Cubs today, and I get it, you only want to do it today. You don't trust a Lester, Alec Mills. But Kyle Hendricks might be back in the fold now with the day off. Sandy Alcantara might be back in the fold now with the layoff. And I still trust, even though... Uh, you know, look, Hendricks, Alcantara, both were good in their in their openers. I still lean towards Hendricks. I still lean towards this Cubs lineup. I think them at plus 164 to win the series is the value bet for this game. All right, fair enough. And listen, you've been on this, and you said this going into the wild card round. With it being a best of three, you talked about like how the big fluctuations could happen in series prices, and if anyone comes back from down 0-1, which the Oakland yeah. A's were able to do right in their series, you probably get a big plus number. So we'll keep our eye out on that, as you mentioned, for today's game that we hope gets going at 2 o'clock Eastern time. You, Darvish, and the Cubs are minus 205, 6-0. Sanchez and the Marlins come back at plus 178. There's a night game in the National League as well. We do have a game three, and it's between the Dads and the Cardinals. I talked about earlier in the week that Fernando Tatis Jr. leaving runners on base in game one was not a good look. Well, he put it in my eye in game two, putting out not one, but two bombs going back to back with Manny Machado, the Padres get the job done. They win 11-9 to and force a Game 3. There's no line for the Game 3 up just yet. And, you know, Kev, we talked about this. We talked about how, um, how it was a shame, quite frankly, that both Clevenger and Lamette were not able to make this roster due to injury, right? Those are two of their four starting pitchers. They've thrown the other two. Paddock, who got crushed, and Davies mm-hmm. already. This would have been, right, a Lamette, a Clevenger spot, someone we would have felt decent about going up against Jack Flaherty. But now we see a big old TBD, and that's why there's no line just yet on FanDuel. I got to say, though, I was uh, happy this morning as you know, we're doing our pre-show uh, conversation. I was like, Dane, 
I saw the Machado home run coming, and you're like, yeah, yeah. me too. Like, we both yeah. were like, you know, I was on air, you yep. were at home watching it. And it's yep. just, we, we have come to really know this Padres team. Man, I don't know what to think about this game today. I, I don't. Did they get their swagger just, back? Did they get their swag? You saw it last night, right? You did, I right? Mean, and that's why, to be honest, that's why I knew Machado was going to go yard. Because of the way yeah, Tatis went back exactly. into the dugout. Yep. Seriously. Yes. No, 100%. Like, the the excitement, the raw yep. excitement yep. That, that they had. There's some, man, baseball, like, people wanted to be boring, appreciate what they did yesterday. The I am someone who li- who really likes this in sports. I like when someone does something good and they are aggressively excited. Like, they look like they want to fight. Like, Manny Machado looked like he was going to go right back out to the plate with his bags. Like, yeah, I'm hitting again. Far he's also, wait, in that at bat, also, like, there was, like, a high fastball or whatever. And he's like, nope. He's literally shaking his head at the pitch. Yeah. Like, you ain't going to get me on that. You know, the like, swag is back with Slam Diego. 100%. 100%. But, however, right. gosh, his name are they throwing, right? And Flaherty, down year, but he's still supposed to be the Cards ace. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Right, playoff baseball, unders, who's scoring? Not this series. 11 runs in game one, 20 in game two. Like, if it's not, and it's not going to be any type of ace pitcher for the Padres, Flower, like, I'm not doubting the Padres' offense right now. Right. But, you know, if they throw us a, an eight, even an eight and a half, this is a series where there are, are seemingly going to be runs a bevy. And even if I said I like the Cardinals coming into the series, you're out of your mind if you think that I have this, the desire to bet against this team. As <laughs> last night, with basically two at-bats, did they win me back in the biggest way imaginable? Good. I'm glad because, you know, I've always been a closet fan of the dads all season long. Um, so I'm glad to have you back on the good side, Kev. But here's the thing. I've given you this saying in baseball before. Momentum is the name of tomorrow's starting pitcher. And that's going to be tested today, right? Because I think anybody who saw that game, like we even just said, do they have their mojo back? Most people would say yes. However, Flaherty could stop that cold tonight. So we're really going to be able to see and test that theory, right? Like, can they keep it going? Or does it not matter because there's someone else on the mound with different stuff, with a different attitude? And I usually say game seven are the best two words in all of sports. Well, tonight, game three will be great in San Diego. I'm excited to see that one. Kev, I know you are excited also to see game Two of the NBA Finals, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat will get game two going tonight of the NBA Finals. Kev, the Lakers are currently nine and a half point favorites in this one. The total is 216, down a point from the last one. And I understand both things. One, this is a big number, but listen, Goran Dragic, who was key to this Miami run and the way he was playing. He's banged out with the planter. Bam out of bio. I don't know. We don't know officially about these guys, right? Doubtful. Jimmy Butler rolled on the ankle, right? So that's not good. I understand it growing to nine and a half because of this. I mean, is this 
Is this done if Miami is just compromised like this? We talked about Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo going into this series, Kev, as the two value Miami Heat plays for MVP in this series, right? <laughs> and now they're not going to be on the court. I mean, come on. Don't get me started on the MVP market. I am livid about that market. But before, yeah. and we can talk about it, but before we get there, this is a spot where you have both Drogic and Adebayo listed as doubtful. Two of the three best players from Miami. That means on track not to play. The Lakers yeah. went out there, boat raced them, and the only reason it wasn't a 20-point lead is basically the Lakers got up by too much and they took their foot off the gas pedal. This is the NBA, this is the NBA Finals. There is no room for complacency. None. And that's why I struggle so much with this game. We have seen this throughout the regular season, the postseason. It has been nonstop. A key player is out. We say that matters a ton. We lay the number. And then the other team comes around. Upset, cover, keep it tight the whole way. But the Lakers almost had that letdown all in the same game where they right. dominated the Heat. We had the quote that LeBron said he had to turn to the bench saying, hey, cut out this this silliness. Like, what are you doing? We're, we have to stay focused. The Lakers are on such a mission, Dane. There's no desire to play a fifth game, a sixth game, a seventh game. That my initial thought was, let's just grab nine and a half here. Let's see if Duncan Robinson hits five threes. Let's see if Jimmy Butler goes out there and plays 45 minutes. Let's see if Hero explodes. Can Kendrick Nunn keep the form? We get right. outlier shooting performances. Like Kelly Olynyk is probably going to be in the starting rotation. Is he going to bomb away threes? But the, this is the thing. The Lakers are winning the title, right? And that means that I expect them to win this game. I expect them to right. win most games. I struggle with it. I think this is a spot where the safer play is to take the nine and a half. Everything I've seen from this NBA season says to take nine and a half. The two things that stop me is we saw the letdown from the Lakers in the fourth quarter. That way they shouldn't really be doing it here in this game. And this is the NBA Finals. Who in the world hmm. has time to let this be a four-point Miami Heat lead at the half? Now I hear you. You know, I mean, the, the the dominant feeling I have about this, Kev, is just like deflated because I was excited to see this series. I thought this was going to be a little bit of a tougher battle than most. I have the Lakers to win the series, but I thought they'd be close games. Right. And without Drogic yeah. and Adebayo, it just feels like, you know, it feels like I'm not getting what I, you know, what I paid for, what I wanted, you know, like <laughs> paying to go see Hamilton. And then my boy Lin-Manuel Miranda's not in the cast, you know what I mean? And seeing like understudies in this high profile thing. I want to ask yeah. you one other thing and you can go wherever you mm -hmm. want with this, Kev. Sure. You have been talking about King James's legacy a lot. And mm -hmm. I know you love LeBron. I'm not giving you any shade on that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make money off of it, Kev. And when I see he is now two to one, plus two hundred, to record a triple double in yeah. this game, you've been talking about him averaging a triple double. He came real close, right? Leading the team in rebounds. The assist number, I believe, was eight and a half, and he got nine, I believe, mm -hmm. in game one. Yo, uh, can I tempt you? Two to one, LeBron triple double tonight. Absolutely. I will tell you this: it was two thirty last game. So they, ah. and this is what happened last game. 
they realize what we try to let the folks know at home pre-series. The rebounds are coming. Yes. The rebounds are coming. That's what happens. He's now the total rebound leader after one. And if Adebayo's not going to play, no like bam. he would go, like, yeah, near a, a minus money for kind of that most total rebounds over the uh, extent of this series. Right. Tonight is a night where I easily could see the triple-double. I think tonight is a night where you want points plus assists because okay. he's going to start scoring more as the series goes on. We said it. He had low numbers in all of the game ones and still gave you 25 here in this game number one. The 28.5 is now 27 and a half on his points prop. I think you might want to put both of those in your pocket and look for a bigger scoring night from LeBron. What I just wanted to add on the idea of the, the spread, maybe the play is Miami getting three and a half in the first quarter, first half. five and a half in the first half. Because if those numbers don't cover, right, like the odds then that they go out there and cover 10, like it just might be so ugly throughout. So if you want to back them in that regard, that would probably be the better way to do it. And I just also on the LeBron side of things want to say, him being a minus 180 in finals MVP, after what I thought everyone was going to think was a, you're like, oh, AD's got this in the bag, is infuriating. Because I thought we were going to come back and get some value. <laughs> yeah, well, the value vanishes sometime. Robinson, three and a half up in his made threes. Hero still at two and a half. We'll see, right? Someone's got to pick up the slack. I look at those two sharpshooters. We tie a nice, neat little ball on this episode of the early line when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line as we slide into a football Friday. It is week four. We had baseball playoffs. Kev, it's going to be different when we're back here on Monday, right? Like some of those teams who have a lot to play for will have either won or lost. The NBA Finals may be like 3-0, for goodness sakes, and we will be on the precipice of the division series in both the American and the National League. But there's more news in the NBA I want to touch on real quick as we end the show. The Philadelphia 76ers have hired Doc Rivers to be their next head coach. Doc was unemployed for all of 72 hours after parting raised with the Clippers. He watched the finals game with the Sixers brass. Whatever happened must have gone well. It was a great first date because they have signed now for five years. My question for you on this, does this increase or decrease the chance that, you know, uh, Embiid and Simmons will stay together? Great question. Increase by a lot. For at least one so more year. If it so was too. Mike D'Antoni, as I was hoping. That Embiid, I think, is gone. Then, <laughs> yeah, I think that that would have been a possible scenario. But that's not what we see here. My takeaway, though, it's and because the Doc thing in Philly doesn't excite me, is more like, and you'll, you'll, you'll always check me. Is this not an indictment, though, on Kawhi and Paul George that this dude said, no, I'm good. I mean, unless, unless... Balmer, out of respect for Doc, was like, look, we'll call it mutual, but you cannot come back after what just happened. And if that's the case, then the answer to what I'm saying here is no. But the fact that he... I don't think there's anybody that's going to tell you next year the Sixers have a better chance to win the title than the Clippers. So I just think at this stage in Doc's career, oh, maybe I'm wrong. 
I, next year, no. But this is a five-year deal, okay? And True. what I will say True. is over the next five years, I think I'd rather have Philly in the East versus the Clippers in the West. Embiid and Simmons are younger, and the East is easier. So next year, no. But if you look at it comprehensively for five That's years, true. I might push back. And Kawhi and PG could be gone because they signed those deals. Right. And that even that's kind of to the indictment thing of, like, the Clippers situation, like, PG was like, oh, this isn't title or bust. Hey, dude. Bust. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. And you busted. And you got one more year to figure it out or it's going to get yep. real scary. Right, and I think Doc is looking at this in the medium term with two of the top players in the NBA. We'll talk about it all next week. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.